Hello, welcome back to Creative Chit Chat and our last episode of 2017. Um, it's number 49 and it's with Scott Byrne, um, who's general manager up at Hospital Field House in Arbroath. Um, it's sort of the second part of our two parts up in Arbroath um, last week with Jamie Simpson, um, who's a coffee roaster from Sacred Grounds, um, and this week, as I've said, uh, with Scott Byrne. Um, for those of you who maybe don't know, Hospital Field is, and we do touch on it in the podcast, but it is this... I mean, it's an amazing building, um, just outside the centre of our broth. It, I think it was a medieval hospital, um, so a 13th century hospital, uh, which then became, well, I, I mean, my history's terrible. <laughs> I'm probably remembering this wrong, but Scott will correct me in the podcast. Um, I th- think it's the first UK art school, um, which has now um, been turned into sort of multi-purpose, multi-functioning um, building. Uh, they have artists in residency, they have a cafe, um, they're about to go through a massive redevelopment and sort of building upon their offering and things they do, but they do a bunch of events, they do tours, they do loads of stuff. Um, yeah, go and check out their, their website, so it's hospitalfield.org.uk and you can find out everything there. You can also see some photos because even if I did describe it, I would never do it justice. Um, it is just a magnificent building. Um, like just thousands upon thousands of artefacts in it with amazing staircases and wood-clad walls and gigantic paintings. Um, yeah, it, it's something to experience. Um, and if you are based here, it, there's no excuse not to go and visit and, and say hello because... It, yeah, it, it, it's just spectacular. So, and yeah, so I mean, me and Scott um, have a chat through his journey. He seems to be in, sort of all over the place in Scotland um, and now where he is as general manager and sort of doing bits and pieces of everything and it's got that sort of feel where everyone's hands-on and just making things happen. Um, I've got to say thanks to him for letting us do the recordings there as well. Um, did last week's podcast and this week's um, within the hospital field, um, which was great. But yeah, um, we need to do a, a little bit of admin, um, just a little bit of talk. I suppose it's the last one. It is the last one of twenty seventeen. So just to recap on this year, I mean, it's been phenomenal. Um, the response I've had, the the sort of the amount of listens. I mean, we're topping eight thousand listens across everything now. Um, we've gone over that crux of a year. Um, there's a good bit of momentum behind it. People seem to be enjoying it. Um, and I've, I've met so many amazing people, captured so many brilliant stories and, I mean, hopefully inspired a few people by that. But everything at the moment seems to be really positive and I want to keep that going. Uh, I'm going to make a couple of changes. Um, I mean, one of the things I mean, throughout this year, I've been overwhelmed at points, um, just trying to keep my client work, my day-to-day work going, as well as uh, running the podcast is a lot of work and I think... I need to break that down to be more manageable for me. Um, and also I speak to people and they're like, oh, I've not caught up yet. I've not managed to catch this week's. And, uh, but, um, so I think that that volume of content, that, that regularity is great. Um, but to make it more manageable for myself, uh, what I'm going to do is break it down into um, six-week blocks. So I think we're going to aim for five, six-week blocks next year. Um, so sort I've of taken maybe a month or five, six weeks in between each. So it means it sort of breaks them down into more more manageable chunks so I need to, to get everything ready and to go and to, to maintain the quality because what I don't want to be getting into is having to continually rush the recordings and 
I'd be sort of like a headless chicken trying to get guests in and everything else. Whereas if I can relax, I can plan, I can get the right guests at the right time and do the proper research and make it all flow and, and make the experience better overall for everyone. So that's the plan. Um, obviously this one's the last one this year. And next year we're going to kick off with my episode, um, which I'm still a little bit apprehensive about. Um, I was <laughs> Lyle Bruce sort of uh, took on my role as the the podcast host and I was the guest and then the files have now been passed to Sam Gonsalves um, who's hopefully started editing and getting it all ready I'm, I, I won't be able to listen to it before it goes out I want to sort of have the same experience as any other guest um, that yeah the big reveal and yeah maybe I'll talk to you guys about my thoughts on it um, at the start of episode 51 um, but we'll see how it goes but that one's plan is to come out uh, 17th of January. So taking a, a few weeks for the festive break and then back for that first six six episode block um, on the 17th. Uh, but the best way to keep on top of that, um, and I might do a few teasers for the guests for next year, um, is following at CCC Dundee on Twitter, on Instagram and facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash CCC Dundee. Uh, one other thing that I need to plug before we get started with this episode, um, if you've still not sorted out your Christmas cards, uh, Christmas presents, um, I'm running a little thing this year again with Katie Guthrie called Slobs and Blobs. Um, uh, we've got a whole bunch of funny cards, um, quite offensive ones as well, which seem to be quite popular and um, great way to offend your family. And we've got a bunch of prints as well, so there's podcast prints, there are um, collaborations, uh, there's a whole range of them. And if you head to slobsandblobs.co.uk, um, you can check everything out there. Um, alternatively, um, we're getting, I suppose, close to Christmas now, um, so there's not a lot of postage time. If you want to just pop into Brewdog um, Dundee, all the cards, and there's a bit of the wrapping paper left over from last year as well, which you can check out there. Um, all the cards are pound wrapping drape paper is £2.50 a sheet and the prints range from £10 to £20 um, so that's it I'm stop my plug in now and let's get into this week's episode the last one of 2017 and it's with Scott Byrne ok we'll start at the beginning I guess um, it's 20 years I came from Dublin to study at art school in Dundee um, Duncan Jordanson and I've been in Scotland since since then although I've managed to, to spread myself around and live in every city um, as a result of my uh, uh, work uh, over the years after art school I, I did fine art at art school um, and uh, I guess my on exiting um, I the best way for me to continue being an artist was to become associated with education programs in contemporary art galleries and museums. Being located in Dundee was really helpful as well. I could flip between local authorities. I could go to Perth and Angus and, and Fife and still work in Dundee, taking advantage of, of short-term contracts as a, as a freelance um, artist and um, educator. So I worked with um, Art galleries, Dundee Contemporary Arts, um, museums, McManus Galleries, uh, short-term film projects in Angus and Fife. I um, um, I guess I became, um, uh, I got involved in working in museums and uh, 
the um, and became aware of the museum store of which I'd not been aware before. So and that was really the hook for me. Um, that's when I became really excited about. I always, I was aware that I was, um, I had no compulsion or less of a compulsion to make my own artwork, and I was um, gaining all my creative satisfaction from making exhibitions with people, um, from talking about other people's art, and so, for me to go to a museum store was it was quite a, 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 a kind of a, an inspiring place for me. So what what does what is that environment like? Um, it very, very much depends on where it is. I mean, the University of Dundee have an amazing um, museum store full of paintings and um, odd bits of equipment of kind of unknown use and function and purpose and from from science and uh, the natural world. Um, and it was kind of rich, uh, rich pickings for someone who. Uh, someone like me who was interested in lots of different things um, I decided to pursue that more solidly went to St Andrews did a um, postgraduate course there in, in collections care and museums and gallery studies ultimately I'd been involved in a kind of public engagement end of museums and galleries up to that point with um, education programmes gallery education programmes involved with Engage Scotland and so I put myself in front of the, the kind of drier end of things, the collections care and the documentation and the the, the organisational elements of, of managing museums. And um, I've luckily been able to um, uh, kind of use that knowledge, um, hopefully quite well in subsequent um, jobs that I've had up to this point. Um, I guess that's... We could, we could go chronologically. I've moved around a little bit. I think from that's um, a compulsion of mine anyway, as as someone who just fancies a change quite often, and um, quite likes the uh, quite like the pioneering kind of <laughs> aspect of rocking up to somewhere you've never been before and you um, and making um, a life for yourself there. Um, I was happily accompanied by a partner who was similarly inclined as well, so that was quite good. But it's typical in the cultural sector to um, uh, to take advantage of often short-term fi or fixed-term contracts. And so I was in at a stage in my life where, you know, I, I could, could do that um, uh, pretty freely in terms of responsibilities, etc. So I could, um, so I was, although immediately after graduating from St Andrews I was working at the Fruit Market Gallery in Edinburgh with, again with their gallery education programmes I was, I'd been freelancing for a long time and I was looking for something pretty um, something a bit solid to get my teeth into and I took a punt on a fixed term contract up in Murray um, near the Highlands uh, for a year, year contract that turned into four and a half years up at Murray Arts Centre um, so that was a bit of a shot in the dark and really rewarding uh, endeavour from my perspective anyway. It was a, it, it's a small scale um, uh, art facility, um, pretty remote part of Scotland um, with big ambitions they had to develop the space um, to receive um, exhibitions from the National Galleries and ultimately from the director at the time had an ambition to receive 
works from the British Museum and, and from um, collections of, uh, you know, significant collections, enabling people from that part of the world to see um, these these collections. So I, the role there was quite broad. It kind of played to my strengths in that you know, I was working with a young persons programme of, of education where uh, we did life drawing classes and we did um, kind of manga classes and all sorts of short workshops and, and courses and it was really responding to a need in the environment for that kind of um, cultural facility but also managed to um, set up the facilities there in terms of the the, the physical specifications to um, receive works initially from the National Galleries and then ultimately three years in we did have a show from the British Museum that was um, with collections from the British Museum where the deputy director came up and opened the exhibition. So it was really uh, satisfying to have um, a whiff of an ambition uh, and then see it manifested three years later through, uh, through is no mean feat, you know, is, but the work of a small team. And I think that's what I learned from, from that um, position was uh, small teams within the voluntary sector can really um, make things happen fast if they've got if the right energy is there if the right attitude and the right kind of um uh conviction is there i think um yeah it's a, it's a real strength of the voluntary sector to make things happen um we i was living in nairn nairn's a my i love nairn <laughs> as a as a, a place to be but it, again it was a place where we kind of settled and we really love and um, so it was a tricky decision to four and a half years into the job I think I'd probably achieved personally what I wanted to achieve and kind of felt the need to um, edgy feet I guess is what it was and also it was the I think they should ban significant life decisions a year after the birth of a child because that was <laughs> my son was nine months and I said yeah let's let's just up sticks and go to Aberdeen because because there's a nice job there so that's what I did but um yeah but it's um it was a good decision in that it was a great job it was a, a super job at the University of Aberdeen with the special collections center there so um really ambitious um building um, amazing piece of architecture, uh, great university, great team, um, and uh, incredible collections to work from. And these were special collections, so rare books, manuscripts, archives, um, where we were making exhibitions really of, of uh, scratches on paper. Um, so as a visually minded person, it was creating stories from what were, or creating exhibitions from these stories, uh, which were Often, you know, they did have a significant um, uh, visual appeal, like illuminated manuscripts, and, and but um, it was satisfying to make exhibitions that were had featured journals and, and elements of the archives from people who were um, connected with the university in some way. So that was um, managing a, a gallery and exhibition space on the ground floor of the Sir Duncan Rice Library, and that was a... Um, uh, super super job that I enjoyed we ultimately Aberdeen is tricky or it certainly was then um, to afford for us to afford to live there <laughs> so um, uh, we 
made the decision to head back to Nairn because that was where we had a, a, a house and um, the I was commuting for a period of time between Aberdeen and Nairn, which is a fair trek. Mm-hmm. But I was um, getting involved in other um, other activities and, and I was able to take advantage of that um, epic commute to um, do some independent work as well. So that was good. Um, to cut a long story short, we decided after a period of time, tw- a tricky decision, to... Um, relocate again back to Dundee um, because of that's where my wife's family is from um, young family etc it was a personal decision really as much as anything else we both love the the area both know it very well and it was it felt like a natural thing to do um, it was enabled on a person from a personal perspective it enabled my son to build relationships with his grandparents and cousins etc in a way that he wasn't going to be able to do when we were so far north um, I was still commuting then from Dundee to Aberdeen and not really looking for work and then this not really looking for different work anyway I had managed to cut my commute in half by travelling from Dundee then, then from there um, and I saw the post here at Hospitalfield as general manager and Again, it felt like um, it was worth uh, worth taking a uh, taking a punt on. I made an application, and it was ultimately that I've been here three years uh, now, three years this month, and it's a great job. Um, I love working, commuting from Arbroath to or from Dundee to Arbroath, from Newport to Arbroath, is. Um, it's 25 minutes half an hour it's no distance so it's um and it's the job itself here is um really ambitious again it kind of goes back when I was at the university it was I realized how um freeing it was to be part of the voluntary sector uh, suddenly at the university there was there was a development team so you didn't write any funding applications there was uh, health and safety there was there was uh, a maintenance team, there was a facilities team, there was an operations team, there was, uh, there was lots of, um, when we were, it was fabulous in, that, in one way, in that there was a, an amazing conservation team that every time we decided to exhibit something, we were able to rely on their expertise. And um, so great resources. But then I think hospital field are, certainly currently is different. And reminds me much more about working in the voluntary sector. And in that respect, it's quite, um, I feel uh, comfortable here and uh, and um, uh, happy to be ambitious because I know that it, I think it's, um, it feels like, it feels familiar in a way. <laughs> and um, I think it's got really good leadership here. It's good, great board and a really great team. And I think that's, that's the core of what looks set to be a really successful project here. So for someone who, say, has no concept of what hospital field is or what it looks like, do you want to describe exactly... I mean, we're sitting in quite an amazing setting at the moment, um, which I'll probably not do justice in describing. So do you want to sort of give a bit of insight into what hospital field actually is? Yeah, hospital. It's a tricky question. I've learned to to kind of um, augment my elevator pitch because people <laughs> used to say, "What's hospital field?" 
and then they would just be weeping 11 minutes later when I'm still rattling on about what hospital food is because it's a tricky thing to describe in summary but I'll, I'll give it my best shot and suggest that it's an artist's house and that in essence is describes the function and uh, main activity of, of what hospital field is and the hospital f- hospital bit comes from the fact that it was a medieval hospital so in 1190 it was established as a, as a pilgrim's hospital so that's to say that it was rather than an infirmary it was more um, a kind of hostel it was a place where on, on the pilgrim's trail people would have traveled from st andrews to to here um, and for and then on further north so it was a place where they would be met and fed and watered and um it was that's that name still um endures to this day as well so that's why it's got such a funny name um but what you would see here if you were to arrive today would be none of the remnants of that medieval hospital you would see uh, an early 19th century um victorian um house that is um a really significant and unique uh, part of the the arts and crafts movement in Scotland and um all the more perverse by the fact that it's right in the middle of our booth it's well on the western fringe i guess but we're we're uh, not very far away from the from the, the the main hubs of the town um and in that respect it's quite a rare thing it's it was established as a, as one of the first schools of art in Scotland by the last private owners who were Patrick and Elizabeth Allen Fraser and they established um as a, established it as a place for education and for education for artists of limited means and that's really how it's endured to this point it was a undergraduate school till the 1920s and then a postgraduate school up until even the 1980s um what you see now is it's it's a, a place for artists who often are um early mid and, and well advanced in their careers but they need they they apply to for a residency here at hospital field um for any number of reasons um so we operate residency programs through the year um that artists can apply for but we also offer more opportunities for members of the public and for visitors to to get to know this place so we do a, a kind of nice balance of public work and private activity um where the public work is is tends to be commissioning new works of art as part of a uh, an ongoing program of open weekends when we we tend to be very event driven because of largely because of our location we're not there's not a lot of uh footfall um but it's uh we do um we do manage to attract good audiences and good visitor numbers um based on this kind of uh event-driven focus on you, you must be here for this weekend and see it otherwise it's it's gone kind of thing so i think that's um provides this really stimulating energy to, uh, around events here and um, that is uh that people find appealing we open for tours heritage tours and we have a little cafe that we run food is a big thing for us here we um are kind of forming the, the 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 kind of kernel of what will be um a major development a capital development here over the next three to five years um that will see the place really realize its potential as 
a major asset to um, contemporary art, but also heritage and, and culture um, for the region. Um, it's there's a lot to attract people here for lots of different reasons. So if you're interested in horticulture, the, the gardens are really we've been people have been gardening here for eight hundred years. So they have medieval origins and they've seen seen the Victorian kitchen garden and they've um, they're about to be redeveloped by um, a really interesting team led by Nigel Dunnett, um, who's if you're interested in horticulture, he's a he's um, a really good good guy. Um, we have the the development of um, a cafe, a fern house, reinstatement of a fern house, because every Victorian house needs a fern house. But What's a fern? A fern house, should you have a collection of ferns? Okay, so like fern trees? Yeah. Okay. Should you have a collection of exotic tree ferns, then uh, you would want to build a fern house. <laughs> so <laughs> this is what these guys, they built a, a fernery. It's uh, a hospital field is a curious place, and, and the fernery is... is is part of that real um, Victorian curiosity. It would have had a roof on it, would have had an irrigation system and would have been an exotic kind of um, curiosity even then. And so w- with the support of um, agencies such as Historic Environment Scotland, Creative Scotland and Heritage Lottery Fund, we're, we're looking to reinstate that as a, as a fern house, fernery. I've taken to use the fr- phrase fern house because when I say fernery, people think it's... Uh, don't know what it is so um and we've got a, a cafe we're going to redevelop the um studios to some degree um to make them more comfortable to be in all year round um a new accommodation block um called the greens is going to be developed which will provide 10 new bedrooms uh, in a new building designed by cruiser sinden who are um really interesting architects who've never done a scottish project actually um, but who will represent Britain at the Venice Biennale, the Architecture Biennale next year, I think. Um, then that will enable us to focus on the house proper. The house itself is is incredible a piece of architecture. Um, Patrick Allen Fraser was, amongst many other things, an amateur architect. He was one of these Victorian kind of polymaths who we need more of these days. He was interested in engineering, interested in art and science. Um, he was the, it kind of galvanised a fraternity of artists who um, he commissioned to create portraits and self-portraits of each other. Um, he managed to create an economy around the estate that um, uh, enabled it to, to, to really pull its socks up and to um, develop as a medieval hodgepodge of an estate to uh, uh, an amazing example of um, the Scottish arts and crafts um, style. So carvings, elaborate carvings in wood and stone of flora and fauna from the from the Angus locality um, of um, are, are, you can see examples of that everywhere in the house. The the picture gallery is really the takes pride of place in the house. That was a, a purpose built picture gallery opened in eighteen fifty four and um, great big lofty dimensions. It looks like a barn. I think I'll need to put some photos up on the, yeah. along with the podcast because, yeah, it's, it's, you're not going to do it justice. It's, it's just, hard to yeah. describe, but it's such a treat to bring people in to that space because the reaction is generally the same. And working here day in, day out, you kind of, um, 
if I'm going into that space to change a light bulb, I'm not really uh, uh, I'm a bit blasé. <laughs> and yeah. I think I forget sometimes when I bring someone new to the space and uh, they always walk in and they're always blown away by the by the place because it's, um, as I say, it's a perverse thing. You don't expect it to be here um, when you've turned left at McDonald's onto the West Bay and then you find yourself 20 seconds later in this amazing um, uh, Victorian space where you can see the sea and you you feel like you're um, in, a, in a different world. And it's kind of like, it's the first time I've sort of properly wandered round. Mm. And I've seen you, this to you earlier, is that it feels like the kind of place where you could wander around 100, 200 times and you're still finding little bits and pieces that are just these little beautiful corners or artifacts or things that are hanging on the wall. Or, yeah, it's just, there's just so much to it. I think that's what is the potential in this place is because if you have an amazing archive here of letters, that is really untapped. And should a researcher or anyone want to come and uh, research and, and review these items, they're really limited at the moment to for us to be able to say, yeah, have a come and come and see them. And um, we don't have really the the facilities at the moment and to to enable that to happen in a useful way. Um, but yeah, it's so much untapped untapped potential in the in the museum in the collections. We have an ambition to accredit the collections as, as a museum collection within the next nine months, which will be, which will help to create better access for um, for everyone to see the, the collections that we have here. Um, but yeah, it's for people who think they know the area, who have a, like me, who think they have a, you know, a good mental geography of the area, it's, um, uh, it's a real novelty. Um, you don't expect it to be here and um, even for people in in our growth so I think that's what we want to um, that's the that's the potential of the place I think so you've obviously you've been in many different roles yeah um, across the years um, but now here sort of what what are your goals mm-hmm. with this place what, what do you want to see happen with hospital field um, I guess I can only speak personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all my previous roles have been involved with exhibitions, been involved with public engagement, education, gallery education, more broadly from mostly in, in, in galleries and museums, but also in schools and prisons and um, other environments, community environments. The um, Where I'm at now is I it's a curious role as host here it's kind of like we're all all of the management team here we're all kind of um aware of this this kind of hosting um part of our our role and that feels really comfortable for me as my i grew up in a restaurant we had a restaurant in the basement of our house so we were six years old i was um (laughs) kind of advised and informed that i have how to um how to be helpful in that kind of environment and my mum's a, a tour guide as well so it does feel like I've inherited a certain amount of my default is host <laughs> like when I'm when also when I'm somewhere new I will invariably be drawn to the um to the tour or to the um to the interpretive board I'm one of those folk and um, so I um want this place to be uh, to achieve its charitable aims, so to be a place for for artists is the primary objective for it, to be um, a useful resource 
any useful facility for um, creative people to, to come and live and work is um, is what I really would like to see happening here. But also for it to be a um, a real source of pride and knowledge. I want people to be certainly in the locality to be much armed with much more knowledge of what it is in reality um, that it's not just a Victorian um, receptacle of objects that it's a living breathing place it's 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 different to most museums and galleries in that we do um, people live and work in this environment as a daily thing so it does feel um, more domestic it does feel kind of warm and homely in a way that a lot of other um, institutions don't but we are an institution we are a, a, a I guess we're a, a campus in that way we um, I'd like for the museum's collections or I'd like for us to to accredit the collections as a, as a museum and um, really f- in doing that we would create much better access to them for enjoyment by um, members of the public and by researchers but to create those that the environment in which that can have an impact would be a real source of satisfaction I think um, to create more learning about how about the collections that are specific to this space but also um, to be able to apply some of that learning to other um, comparable collections and comparable institutions um, I think that would be um, hugely satisfying as well so my main focus really is looking at how to lever the potential um, at every encounter here so um, with the museum's collections for sure but also with the um, the cafe and the the, the, the number and the, the type of people who use this place um, to increase their diversity and number would mm. be um, an ambition for us not to um, fall into any existing uh, paradigm would be a good thing as well for us to be the type of organisation that that does challenge the way things are done I think is a natural place for us to be because we have to be that kind of way we can't suddenly um, uh, prohibit access in a way that we've not done before um, but it's that's what's going to be interesting for me is to see how that how we achieve that balance between public and private activity, between making it a place that is of of um, tranquility for artists to to live and work, but also making it a hive of activity for um, visitors and members of the public to enjoy and, and and work in. So, I think that's absolutely achievable in a, in a site like this. Um, I've seen it happen. I've seen um, many. Uh, simultaneous activities happen across the site and you wouldn't know any of them uh, there's no crossover between them there's a residency happening there's a big summer school there's a conference there's a board meeting there's a um and it's all happening in this one site very happily and everyone rubs along uh, well and and uh, so it, it it can absorb a lot of different activity really easily across the site so that's an interesting interesting thing i think the road between Dundee and Arbroath um, will become much better worn um, and I think um, that's helpful given that the, the, the road itself is so, so easy, easy makes life easier and 
you can be, uh, you can take the train. I often take the train from Dundee, take my bike on the train. Ten minutes later, I'm in Arbroath and I can be at hospital field in five minutes. So it's dead easy. I think there is this sense um, that uh, amongst um, people, some, I'm speaking about my wife really, she thinks <laughs> that Arbroath, amongst some Dundonians, that Arbroath is, you know, a million miles away. Because mm. I think that's a legacy of a really dodgy road full of tractors. But in actual fact, it's so easy to get here now. Um, but then that can't be, like the geographic location of Hospital Field must make life, dif- life difficult because, I mean, there's there's obviously a big focus on Dundee as a city at the moment with everything that's going on and the development work that's happening, um, especially in a creative sense. And there's obviously a lot of links between what you guys are doing here and what's happening in the city. Um, but it must be a challenge for you to get the footfall here and to, and to, to pull people out of that city or to, to also capture them and say that okay maybe you are coming to Dundee but 10 minutes away you should definitely do this on your trip I think it's making that information available to to folk you know I think that's if you or I are going to a new city whether that's in Germany or Holland or France we're going to be we're not going to care about local authority boundaries we're going to care that the we're in Dundee but the the golf course we want to play at is in St Andrews or the I don't know the castle we want to see is in Perth and the um, arts facility you want to see and the exhibition you want to see is in is in Nabroth and I think we increasingly will be compelled to consider this area I guess large parts of the east coast of Scotland um, Dundee, Angus, North Fife, Perth, Shear as um, such a rich area for a visitor, for a tourist to come I don't think any one of those localities has enough it's about critical mass, really, isn't it? And I think they were so well placed as a locality to um, provide something really um, amazing for uh, for visitors who are, um, you know, from Scotland um, uh, as well as from from Europe and further afield. Um, I think to arrive, whether you're an individual or as part of a family, to uh, so much um, on offer on our doorstep within a 30 minute radius of of Dundee um, I think that's it's a it's an easy thing to arm people with knowledge I think from my perspective I remember going to Amsterdam quite recently flying from Dundee well maybe two years ago flying from Dundee and um, although I was familiar with the city before I was flying with my family and we had to try and um, negotiate our, our way independently. We booked our flights independently and Airbnb independently and all our... And it was a, an interesting insight for me into how we could do it here. Um, and you're just arming people with the easiest way to access the information they need. Um, and whether that's the train, they can be there in 10 minutes. From Dundee, that's, that's a really easy thing to know. And we, as long as we're attentive to, to those needs and to signage and um, how, we're, how we're telling people where we are. Um, I think we, we're always going to be, you know, we are half an hour outside of um, our nearest city and that will always limit the um, uh, numbers to some degree. But I think there's enough draw in this area, in this town, actually, uh, whether you're here to see 
to 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 um, see the environment or to to discover the food, and significantly to discover some really important contemporary culture, artistic culture happening here at Hospital Field, um, and I think that's um, that's a real gift to the um, gift to the visitor, and it'll be really interesting to see how that visitor who that visitor is over the next few years and if they're and yeah the major developments in, in Dundee and I think that's a, a, a completely fabulous thing uh, having known Dundee over 20 years I've seen massive um, changes throughout but um, if we yeah we, we, we do need to um, uh, be assertive about what the what's on offer um, for visitors who are coming to the locality. And if we're talking about um, Scottish visual art and culture and design, then Hospital Field's a, a really amazing touchstone in that really rich story. Mm-hmm. If someone does want to get involved or come and see Hospital Field, or uh, what's the what's the best way or the easiest way for them to to do that? I'm going to say the website is, and I think we've got a good one. I think they, it depends on on what they're after. If they're an artist who uh, is looking to undertake a, a residency here, then they'll find all the information they need on the website and they could sign up um, for regular updates and make an application. Alternatively, uh, for the day visitor, we have our regular cafe and people can come with their, with their friends and family to uh, undertake a tour, heritage tour of the house. We have a really fabulous program called meander which is part of a volunteer program and that's about health walks so you could come and have some lunch with your family take part in a heritage tour of the house you could then go on a walk from here to um to the mortuary chapel which is an astonishing building in the western cemetery the um a kind of mini mini version of hospital field which is the final resting place of patrick and elizabeth allen fraser so if hospital field wasn't curious enough then you could it gets really bonkers up in the mortuary chapel, um, so I think that's a good way to to get involved. You can people can come and use and, and hire the place for their own purposes as well for, um, private events and functions, and uh, people can even get married here. Right, so we get I turn into wedding planner occasionally, and that's a <laughs> that's a um a role I'm happy to undertake on occasion so um but I mean that's a that's a limited experience it's not like you're doing that every weekend no we always will have a limited amount of those um style of events uh, certainly the weddings I think there's a lot of places that will uh, do nothing but weddings and, and uh, they do very well we're not that we have a lot of obligations um as an organization and it's a beautiful thing to get married here um and um, but it's a rare thing and it will will be a rare thing uh, for a while yet we maybe do two or three a year that would be it but the the opportunities for autonomous members of the public to, to get involved in, in hospital field are, are, are um, through our festival through the summer as well we have a, a festival of um, events that people can take a look um, look at as well through the website but we also will be disseminating um, leaflets throughout um, next year. Um, we have take take part in these um, open weekends that happen through the year as well. So I think check out the website, sign up to the newsletters. Um, and as I say, we're quite a small team, so we tend to be a little bit more event-driven 
and when we open up the house, we open it up in style. Um, but the, people can can get involved in volunteering at Hospital Field as well. That we've got a like most museums and galleries, we are heavily reliant on volunteers. And um, whether you can give one day a year or one day a week, then there's an opportunity here through a dedicated volunteer program. Um, get in touch, get to know us, and um, yeah, we certainly welcome. We'd uh, provide a welcome to anyone who's willing to to get involved. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Ryan. So, that's it. That's the end of the year. Uh, thanks to Scott for uh, coming on as a guest and also thanks to him for having us up at Hospital Field. Um, and again, go and check it out. Even if you've not got time to go up there, even just go online and have a look at the photos. It is a phenomenal building. Um, but beyond that I suppose you guys will need to know when we're coming back so follow us at CCC Dundee on Twitter and on Instagram and it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash CCC Dundee and yeah all the information will be on there about what's happening next year when we come back which is the 17th of January with my wonderful episode maybe we'll see (laughs) Um, yeah, I won't. You won't hear from me next episode. It'll all be um, uh, Lyle doing the intros and outros, and Sam on the edit. So who knows what will be put together? But enjoy your festive season, and I will catch you next year. Bye. <laughs>